The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton, and I appreciate you so much listening. What I want to talk about over the next uh, time on this show is what makes a person vulnerable to exploitation. I've uh, had a lot of time to think of late and uh, do research and like that. Of course, I have worked in uh, combating sex crimes for 12 years now, some overseas uh, in uh, Southeast Asia, but... uh, 10 years of that here in Southern California and across the nation. A million kids literally has spent years working with teens and parents that end up being exploited. And uh, sometimes it's an online predator through sextortion. Sometimes it's a victim of sex trafficking where they're actually put out into horrendous acts of self uh, of of, uh, sex trafficking, of uh, forced prostitution. And uh, this all usually happens because they trusted the wrong person. So one of the things that me and several people that work with me have often discussed is what factors are there that makes one person more susceptible to being exploited or violated than other people? And that's what I want to explore with you today because it's not a science uh, there are many different factors, but what I find there's there are several common factors. One of the things that happens whenever I look at a case, and maybe I need to back up a little bit for those of you that have not uh, followed this program regularly. I serve as the training and outreach coordinator for the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. For you folks overseas, that's uh, Riverside is about 60 miles east of Los Angeles, 90 miles north of San Diego. By the way, you can call into the show. I do know from the numbers, the stats that we follow that most of you listen to the archive versions because you're not up at 7 a.m. in California time. But if you do want to call in, you can at 1-866-472-5788. one 472 So what makes people more vulnerable, some people more vulnerable than others? Well, I do think that age is a factor in uh, how vulnerable you are. So I'm going to kind of take it apart by factors, but I also think that there are some commonalities in uh, regardless of the age that you have. Uh, One of them is risk-taking behavior, willingness to believe that you can go against others and uh, that you can actually make a major difference. We have a plane going over here. Um, Anyway, that that you can uh, 
take chances and not pay a price. And there is some truth to that. Uh, you, it's one of those kinds of things where you may steal a little thing and not get caught and a bigger thing and not get caught. And then one day you move up and, uh, and you find yourself going off to jail. So there are some factors like that, but let's take them one by one. One of the things that I see is that we are putting our kids on the internet younger and younger. Now, most of you know that I am in the process of making a documentary. The documentary is progressing nicely, by the way. Uh, I'm very, very excited. I've been spending a lot of time with the producer doing this downtime, and uh, it is moving forward, and it's really quite exciting to see. And the idea of the documentary is that we teach young people how the Internet is made because this is the first generation in all of history that will be able to be connected to the entire world. And they will have access to millions of followers, people who can send them texts and talk to them. And one of the things that's not happening here is we're not explaining to kids how the Internet works. And while there are many good uses of technology, and believe me, I am not against technology, these kids will live in a world that is globally connected in the most sophisticated technology that we can't even make up yet today. But how do we teach them to have relationships online because online relationships are a lot different than if your little nine-year-old daughter is dating the boy down the street and holding hands? Well, maybe they're not dating, but they do see each other and they laugh and they, they talk, but they can look eye to eye and they can validate feelings and they can tell when things go off the rails and they are more likely to protect themselves. That is not true of a nine-year-old that is on the World Wide Web because of the fact they can't really evaluate who's out there. It's a fascinating thing that we would put our kids in a position where, number one, they don't really understand adult sex. And sex is meant to be an adult thing, but we are sexualizing our children very young. It is not uncommon for me to see a seven-year-old girl out here in California with her little butt cheeks hanging out of her short shorts, and she's twerking and uh, and grinding and uh, showing crotch shots just like J-Lo did. And uh, I found that very sad. I admire J-Lo. She's extremely talented, but our kids will emulate what is there as she swings on a pole, and they don't understand what the end result is. That's an adult person doing adult actions out in a global society with no explanation to kids why that's going on and how to protect themselves if someone decides to take advantage of them, and it will happen on the Internet. It's a fascinating thing when you deal with cases of kids who are being sextorted, and that is happening by the tens of thousands. Our kids get on the Internet, and they fall in love with a fantasy. I have a book about that for what it's worth called um, Seduce, the Grooming of America's Teenagers. They fall in love with the person they believe to be on the other end. But the problem of it is, is that how do they get exploited? Well, that person on the other end is a sophisticated person with a plan and a plot. You know, exploitation almost never happens by accident. It happens because there is a perpetrator on the other end with a 
goal with a system with proved techniques on how to seduce and lure in people. And so when you put a seven or a nine-year-old in front of them, they are sitting ducks. First of all, they don't know what sex is all about. For sex is the only bodily function that is connected to the soul. It connects with your self-image, whether or not you're a valuable person who's sexual and has healthy adult sexual fantasies that know the right limitations so that you don't degrade yourself, but that it's a pleasurable and healthy kind of thing. A seven-year-old is not capable of making those kinds of decisions. And so what will happen is you're putting them up against a mature perpetrator that has goals and has a, a plan and also has a strategy which they have executed many times. Grooming is a strategy. If you've ever talked to a pedophile or seen an interview with a pedophile, and I've seen way too many in my lifetime, what you will see is that they see themselves having a strategy. They begin to go in and look for the weak spots of a person. Well, if you're 40 years old, you know how to protect those weak spots because you have some practice. But if you're seven, you don't even know what a weak spot is because you don't understand the nuances of submission in sex. For a female to have sex and, and also a male requires some level of trust and submission. Otherwise, it's going to end up in rape as someone just takes you over. It, it needs to be a consenting act of submission. But what will happen is you put them up against an experienced pedophile and they don't understand that. They have no way to protect themselves. When we talk to victims and we say, you know, what did you do? Well, he said he loved me. He said I was beautiful. He said that he was my friend. He said that he understood me. He said that he understood that my mom sometimes gets mad at me. He said that he understands that sometimes my dad doesn't like me or that I get in trouble. So he said he would take care of me. That is one of the things that's right there. Uh, Even when they realize that they have maybe done something that their folks won't allow and that won't that they have to hide and keep secret, they, they will not report the perpetrator. And that is because they say, I didn't want to get him in trouble. I've seen many cases, uh, and uh, more cases than I want to account for, where the victim is 11 or 12 years old, and they discover that the guy is 56, but they still don't tell because they don't want to get that guy mad at them, and they don't want to get them in trouble. You see, they use the same feelings of loyalty that they have in real life of not telling on a friend that they use online with someone they don't know because they, we have put them in an adult position without giving them any kind of resources to protect themselves. Sometimes they'll say, I don't want my parents mad at me. You know, and so they won't tell. Sometimes it's as simple as they won't tell because they don't want to lose their social media. So they go deeper in and they send more photos. Do you know that the University of Toledo, Ohio did a study that 58% of kids who send a sexual photo on the Internet will literally go out and meet that pedophile to try to negotiate it back so they don't 
literally don't get in trouble with their parents. Sometimes it's a fear of being a prude. They don't want to be seen as immature or less sophisticated than others. And so it is those fears that perpetrators on children know how to ferret out. And they know how to keep control of that child because we adults have put that child in an environment in which they are not prepared to protect themselves. And they don't understand what sex is. You know, in cases where kids that are seven, eight, nine years old are being violated, they the perpetrator will show them photos of other kids having sex with the cat or the dog or, uh, you know, other animals to show them what to do. And that kid thinks it's funny. And so they want to please this person. They were just playing, if you ask them, except that child is starting their life with messed up sexual fantasies, fantasies that now are going to to end up with them getting some sort of punishment, some sort of retribution, some sort of negative reaction, as it should be from a parent. And their first sexual identity is going to be one where they're very confused. They feel degraded. They know that an adult looks down on them as being degraded. And they will begin to process that they're starting out sexuality as damaged goods. In the next section, we are going to go into the conversation about damaged goods being one, that that self-perception of being damaged is probably the greatest human fear on earth and the most likely element in adults that will make you vulnerable to exploitation, whether you're an older uh, an adult or even if you're just a young person 15 16 19 years old starting out your life in a in a sexual relationship my name is Opal Singleton this show is called exploited crimes against humanity uh, we are brought to you by Million Kids. I hope you'll go to millionkids.org, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, and uh, hit that donate button and help us stay on the air. We're up against that break, so stay with us, and we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the Internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. 
Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal and uh, we are talking about what makes a person more vulnerable to exploitation. Uh, Some people are more vulnerable than others, but all of us are vulnerable. It is a matter of looking inside ourselves and knowing who we are. But as I was just talking about, we are putting our kids on the World Wide Web in a world where they have yet uh, have the adult cognitive thinking to understand what that's all about and so they are experiencing it long before they are prepared for it and I believe that that needs to change because what you're seeing are victims that are younger and younger and younger I've seen several cases in the last six months where the victims were 9-10 years old by the hundreds Uh, they are so easy to seduce because 
literally now pedophiles have access to our kids know how to go about doing that. I want to switch this conversation over now to why some adults are more vulnerable to exploitation than others. Uh, I do this because of the fact that we work in sex trafficking and sextortion. And every time I look at one of these cases, I think, what can I learn about that victim that I can teach other people so they won't be victimized? What can I learn about how the perpetrator was able to seduce that victim and uh, and lure them in? And then, of course, what can I teach law enforcement? Because I am a post-certified law enforcement trainer, and, uh, and I do train a lot of law enforcement, code enforcement, fire departments, and first responders. And uh, like that. So I think that the one of the greatest kinds of reasons why, uh, especially adults, uh, and I'm talking not true adults, but, you know, the, the most likely victim in sex trafficking in minors is 14 years old. And then it goes up from there. And uh, most of them are female, although there are about 17% are male. And uh, what you'll see, I, I think it's 14 because you're starting to get your your sexual identity, your moral identity, your personal identity. And, and quite frankly, I think that is really the core of the matter. Uh, as we know, 60% of kids in sex trafficking uh, come from foster care. And I believe that that is happening because there is no, uh, there are few programs that help our teenagers understand who they are and what they stand for. In other words, I think identity and defining your identity, your character, your moral standards, what you believe is right and what you believe is wrong is very, very important. And there is very little effort being done by that. In fact, that probably is a curriculum class that ought to be taught at least in Christian schools to help people uh, that are gaining their self-perception to understand that they can either be they can either take chances and they can take the easy road or they can gain character. Many of you know when I talk to kids, one of the things we talk about is every time you do what's right instead of what's easy, you gain character. And you gain confidence that you are a person of character. And I cannot under overrate how important that confidence is, that you get a choice of whether or not you're going to be a person of character or a person that takes the easy way out. Here is why this is so important. As I was talking about uh, the grooming of little kids, one of the things that happens is perpetrators have a strategy. There is something, there is a, just a nauseating book. I don't recommend it at all, but it's called Pimpology. And pimping is not about sex. It's a strategy to bring a person down and take control of them. Yes, use them for personal gain, all kinds of personal gain, but a lot of pimping is about power and about control over another human being. And that control involves and starts with the degrading of that person and taking away all their sense of values. I will never forget hearing a survivor, and I will always be grateful to the survivor for sharing these thoughts. She said she had a boyfriend pimp. 
And in the beginning, he wanted her to have sex with a friend of his and make a little extra money. And she didn't want to do it. But he, you know, talked her into it. And she said to herself, okay, I will do this, but I won't do that. And then the acts became more and more uh, degrading. And she said, okay, I'll do this if that pleases him, but I won't do that. And then, of course, it was regular sex all the time for money with anybody who would pay. And she would say, I'll do this, but I won't do that. And she said one day she woke up and realized there was no more that. Well, that is very typical of the strategy of a pimp. And they are able to do that and able to bring in a person and exploit them because I believe the fear of being damaged goods is the greatest human fear of all. We all experience it. Each and every one of us have have one one time or another said to themselves, if anybody has any idea what's really going on inside of me, then they won't love me. They won't like me. They won't admire me. Well, what I want you to know is that is a very human feeling. We all have an opportunity to think and react to that one way or the other. But I really think that it is important in understanding Understanding what makes a person vulnerable to exploitation is the understanding the difference between failing and being flawed. You see, we all have self-degrading thoughts. We have to teach ourselves to overcome those thoughts. It, by the way, if you're a religious person, that's called sin. You know, we're all born with it. Nobody I've met yet is so perfect they don't have it, and uh, and some of us have it more than others, I think. But you know, it is a interesting thing because you need to overcome those. And I think that's important to teach your child that we all get a choice. Every day we get up and we can do what's right or we can do what's easy. We can take the easy road. We can take shortcuts. We can, uh, you know, try out some easy money schemes. We're going to pay a price to do that. You know, we can decide to steal or we can decide to earn it. We can decide to do uh, something good for somebody else or we can decide to to uh, be greedy and keep our own. We can decide to fight with our neighbor or we can decide that we're going to find something good about our neighbor. Now, that doesn't end there. We can decide that we are good people who mean the best for something, or we can decide that we are damaged goods. And that is a decision we make. The day that I discovered that self-esteem is a decision I make and no one can take that away from me is the day that I got strength of character. And by the way, I'm not holy holier than now than anybody else. It's a new decision every day of my life, just like you. But this is really important when you're starting to understand the idea of exploitation, especially when it comes to like foster kids. Now I'm going to tell you just a little bit about myself. I don't do this uh, regularly, but I was in an environment that was a very uh, corrupt, degrading environment as a child. Uh, it was an extremely dysfunctional home, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, many, most of us f- function under 
dysfunction. Very few people want to grow up to be like their mom and dad, even though other people tell us how wonderful mom and dad is, we see it from a different angle. Well, in my case, there was a lot of dysfunctionality there, and I was the only child left at home. And so by the time I was 13 and I began to get my identity, one of the things that I was acutely aware of, I did not want to go the path that I was living in. Now, that is a good thing for many people. One of the things that I've often found interesting is many people who are highly successful, and I'm not including myself in that category, but many people who are highly successful were raised in environments that they detested, that they wanted to take a different path, the road less travel, that they want, that they believed that what they were seeing was not the path they wanted to take, and they wanted to be better than that. And so one of the things that I would share with you is the way not to be vulnerable is to decide that, yes, you can take the low road, but I'm going to take the high road. I am going to get a choice, and I am going to be better than that. I am not going to perceive myself as damaged goods. Once you perceive yourself as damaged goods, you will respond as damaged goods. The way you overcome damaged goods is you say, I could be that or I could be this, and I choose to be the better person. And with that, you gain character, you gain gain strength, and you will be a whole lot less likely to be exploited. My name is Opal Singleton. The show is brought to you by Million Kids. Please follow Million Kids on Facebook or go to millionkids.org and donate. We'd appreciate you. We're up against that break, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, 
apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about what makes a person vulnerable to exploitation. I just want to take two seconds here to say that this show is brought to you by Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. We have been working with uh, sex trafficking, sextortion, child pornography, social media exploitation for well over 10 years and uh, sat with and talked with lots of parents and lots of kids who are being violated support the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. I am their training and outreach coordinator. By the way, I'm an instructor over at USC at the Saul Price Institute for Safe Communities and also the LA Fire Training Academy. So I very much appreciate it. Uh, These have been very, very difficult times through the COVID virus. We've come to zero presentations. That is how we make our income. Uh, I try to be self-responsible. We live on donations of generous people who help us. There haven't been many lately because you guys are hurting, and I feel bad even asking for it because I know many of you are hurting. But if you do have it in your heart to help support our work, or if you're a corporation or a foundation that can help subsidize this work, we would truly appreciate it. You can do that by going to millionkids.org and hit that donate button or write to me at opal, O-P-A-L, at Million Kids. Okay, we are talking about the concept of damaged goods, and this is really, really important in teenagers and parents because if you believe you're flawed, and I've said many times there's a difference between being flawed and failure. As a parent, one of the things you can do is sit down with your child early on. They're not too young, you know. Pedophiles are having access to your children long before you have the sex talk to them because you're buying them the phone. So if you're going to do that, I'd encourage you to begin to talk to your child about the difference between failing and being flawed. Failing is making a poor decision and then being able to correct that decision. Now, sometimes poor decisions come with a price. That doesn't mean you don't pay a price. And that, truthfully, you do pay a price in making poor decisions. But that does not make you damaged. The reason why damaged goods is such an important subject in this or concept in this idea of being exploited is if you go into a relationship believing that you are damaged and that they can sense that and prey on that, you are not going to have a healthy relationship. And this is important to understand. I believe the fear of being damaged goods is the most, the greatest 
greatest fear of all mankind. And we all have it. Pimps especially will jump on that in a big way. It is not an accident that when pimps and bottom girls get a hold of a new victim, the first thing they do is start taking photos of them in provocative positions and cute little outfits. The reason for that, yes, they're posting them on sex ads, but they're also showing them to the to the victims that you are now on a global sex ad. You'll never be able to get it back. Everybody now knows that you're the P word, the prostitute word, okay? And then they will take pictures of you having sex with multiple partners and they will force you to watch that over and over. That is not an accident. They are teaching you that you are so degraded that you can't ever go back to real life. The recidivism rate for sex trafficking victims is huge and and nobody really knows what it is, but my gut tells me it's over 85%. And that is because there is now a core belief that I am so bad that if anybody knows who I am and what I have done, even if they only did it once, they cannot feel, they feel like they can't go back. They will find themselves unable to participate in normal activities. You know, a lot of good church people go out and say to the prostitute, come and come into our church and God will forgive you. But you can do that, but that person will struggle with their own self-forgiveness. They will say, you know, it's easy for you to sit in church and say, God forgives me, but you don't realize all that I have done. And they will hang on to that core belief that they are less than. This is important to understand that there is a difference between shame and guilt. Guilt says, I made a mistake, I'll correct that mistake. But shame says, I am a mistake. And if you are functioning from that situation, then I would highly encourage you to begin to do self-inventory. By the way, if you're a parent and you or your mate are suffering from that syndrome, it will be literally like icing on a cake for your child going down below you. They will absorb that shame. They will. It is the way that it works. One of the things that I would share with you is start to look at your thought processes. When do I feel shame? What happens when I feel shame? What triggers my shame? And then self-forgiveness is a decision you make. You begin to look around and you say to yourself, I'm no better and I'm no worse. Have I made mistakes? Yes, but so do other people. I just don't know what they are. But God forgives mistakes and God forgives shame. God removes all shame with grace. And by the way, parents can help by giving grace to their children. It is important when you talk to your child that you're you're helping them understand all of us are going to make mistakes. It is because we are human and we're going to forgive ourselves for those mistakes. We're going to pay the price, whatever it is, but next time we'll decide we're going to do it differently. But what is different about that is, is when you're processing that is, I am a mistake. There are no mistakes in human beings. We all put that in as our own self-degration. By the way, I'm going to get real personal here, but a 
often start with degrading fantasies. That is what pimps do to girls to make them believe that they have no choice because they are violated. Decide that you are going to rid yourself of self-degrading fantasies, that you can either do this because you are being violated or you can do this because you are a good and healthy child of God and God wants and encourages healthy sex. Sex which says, you know, I am good for my partner. I feel good about myself as a person and that I am no different than anybody else out there. I am a forgiven child of God. This is important because many people can accept the forgiveness of God, but they cannot accept self-forgiveness. They will say to themselves, how did I ever let myself go so low? Well, the way you overcome, that, that is absolutely the engine that will fuel future self-degradation. Stop it. Put a, draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, this has controlled my life as long as it's ever going to. It is a, an addiction just like others. It's the same kind of thing that porn fuels. Decide to yourself, I may have been that, but I'm not anymore. I am going to decide that I am a good and valuable, worthy person. And the next time I start to think shame-based thoughts, I'm going to stop and I'm going to hand it to my higher power. And I am going to say, no more, I am a good person. And begin to visualize yourself as the person you want to be. You see, this is the piece that I believe is missing with foster children, is that and our own children to say, you know, I want to visualize the person when they're going through puberty. I want to visualize the person that I want to be. I can either be healthy and strong and feel good about myself and decide each and every day that I am going to choose the high road or I can give in to the self-degrading, this this demoralizing kind of behavior that like that girl talked about, one day there was more, no more that. I get a choice. I can decide that I am I am going to take the high road and every time I decide that I get strength of character or I decide that I'm going to give in and I am going to allow myself to be degraded even if it's only in my own mind. When you do that, you will never find the bottom of the road. I guarantee you. That is how a person becomes exploited. And it's easy now because once you go on the internet, think about this. Our kids take risks out there. What you will often see is when you have someone that has those self-degrading thoughts, especially kids, they will do things like, if you just knew what I was really like, or I might as well go ahead and do this because you believe that I'm no good anyway, so I might as well do that. When you interview child minor sex victims, they will often say they took that risky behavior because their dad was calling them a slut or their mother didn't believe in them and was putting them down all the time. And they will go to that lower behavior that is self-fulfilling prophecy. This does not have to happen. Whether you're an 80-year-old adult or whether you're a 14-year-old girl or guy trying to figure out who you are, 
you are not damaged goods. The belief that you are damaged goods will keep you as a victim and will make you the first person out there to be exploited. These pimps start with a radar. They start with conversation to see, to test out if that's your thinking. So you can overcome it simply by making a decision of, I may have thought that about myself, but I changed my mind. I am a good and I am a valuable person and I am not going to give in to that and I am going to be proud of who I am and what I do. I am going to have strength of character. I am going to find that warrior inside myself and every time one of those creepy, self-degrading thoughts come in, whether it's in a fantasy or just the day-to-day doing the dishes, I am going to overcome it. I'm going to squash it like a monster on a bug. I am going to say, stop that. I am good. I'm not going to believe that about myself. I believe that I am valuable. I forgive myself and I am going to take the high road in the future. I'm going to be a leader and I am going to show my children how to be a leader, how to feel good about themselves. There is a difference between making mistakes and being a mistake. And what I want you to know is you can overcome that sense of self-worth, that sense of being devalued and being degraded. You can be the victor on that. You simply make that decision. This is Opal Singleton of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is uh, coming up against that break. We are going to close this thing out in the next session, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents 
educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello. Welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about what makes a person vulnerable to exploitation. Well, I think that probably one other major factor is one that we've seen, and that is the factor of being needy, of looking to others to reinforce our belief about ourselves. And this is really, really a challenge in the world of social media, and it's going to become even more. You see, I believe we have a convergence of a couple of societal factors that really will impact this. Number one, our kids live and breathe. By the way, not just kids. Anytime you stand in line anywhere, you know, you're 15 minutes at the checkout line over at the grocery store because of the COVID thing, and everybody's on their phone, you know, immediately. We have become a society that looks to others to reinforce our belief about ourselves. And if you combine that with the fact that our society portrays sex as a commodity of exchange with no value and no loss, that you really have an interesting way that makes many people eligible for being exploited because we want that immediate feedback. You see, one of the hardest days of my life in therapy, and yeah, I've been through years of therapy myself, is to find out that happiness is my own responsibility. 
that no one else is responsible for making me happy or sad. It is a decision I make myself, and it is my responsibility. And this is an important factor. If you add those three things I just said together, what you will have is a person who will be hard to exploit. If you no longer look to other people to reinforce the belief about yourself and you look at sex as being an important exchange that is connected to the soul and defines who you are as a person, and that you add to that the fact that you are responsible for your own happiness, then you have a person who's going to be very difficult to exploit. What do I mean by that? It's an interesting thing in a marriage. You see, when it, I learned this uh, a long time ago, and it was really an eye-opening message that taught me, is that uh, two people can uh, get in a fight, but you don't make me mad. I choose to be mad or I choose not to be mad. I choose to be happy. I choose to process information either positively or negatively. And so as long as I understand that I'm responsible for my own happiness, I am not needy. You see, the first thing that pimps and pedophiles look for is a young person that is needy, that is looking for somebody to reinforce to them that they're beautiful, that they are in intelligent. Uh, It is not uncommon for a pedophile to tell a a nine-year-old girl or 11-year-old girl, you're different than the rest of the girls. You're more sophisticated. You're more mature. You know, you're more beautiful. Uh, You're more uh, intelligent. And that child will fall for that every time because their self-worth is being held out on a platter for somebody to reinforce that. Once that happens and you hand that over to a perpetrator, they then begin to reel you in as they give you less and less acknowledgement and you try harder and harder and harder to get that approval. By the way, the same thing happens in a domestic violence situation. They put you on a pedestal and And then they begin to lower you and you will spend the rest of your life getting back on that pedestal. The way that we go against that so that you're not being exploited, and by the way, even uh, you, if you're a widower, a widower, or a divorcee out there and you're on those dating sites, that's exactly the process that is taking place. Everybody starts by putting their best foot forward, but then they start to find your vulnerabilities, and they then begin to prey on those vulnerabilities, reeling you in over and over. Well, I hope this show is been helpful to you, the way that you stand against a pedophile is that you decide that you're a cherished and loved and valued and, yes, forgiven child of God. Not only God-forgiven, but self-forgiven. That you decide you are not going to engage in degrading thoughts and degrading behavior. That you are going to be a person of character. That you are going to take control of your mind and that you're going to teach that to your children. And then the other way that you make sure that your children are not exploited is do not put them on there before they can have on that cell phone online, before they can have a healthy understanding of what a sexual relationship is and have a healthy understanding of what a good self-image is and that they don't need to turn to others to define themselves on there. 
risk-taking behavior will always come with a price. And much of that behavior has a sexual core to it. And if you start out your life with a negative self-image in that sexual self-image, you are going to pay a price. The way you stand against it is you know who you are and that you decide every time you do what's right, that you think thoughts that are self Uh, supporting thoughts. You will be stronger and you will not be a victim of exploitation. This show is brought to you by MillionKids.org. I truly hope that if this show has been helpful to you, that you will go to MillionKids.org, find that donate button or find the P.O. box, mail us a check, use your credit card, make a donation, send us an email, let us know who you are. Help let us know if these shows make a difference. You can go to Facebook at Me and kids on Facebook and uh, give us your comments, give us your thoughts. We want to know who you are. And if this show has been helpful to you, we hope that you will mention that on Facebook. And if there's any way, I know these are hard times, folks. Trust me, I'm living it and breathing it as every day we go to the mailbox and there are no donations there. It is another day that we pray to God. Please help us find the ways, the resources we need to stay on the air. Go to meandkids.org and donate if it's helpful to you. You folks, have a great week. Spend this week hugging each other, finding the good in each other, supporting your spouse, finding the good in your spouse. Don't be tearing them down. Your kids are watching that. Find the good in your kids. Forgive them for their mistakes and teach them that they are loved and cherished valued child of God. You folks have a great week, and I'll see you at 7 a.m. next Thursday morning. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week. 